This is Shop Talk Radio, episode 60, with D Nice. Welcome to Shop Talk Radio. I'm your host, Nick Onken, and on this show, we're bringing you inspiring guests to dive underneath the hood of the creative entrepreneurial lifestyle to bridge the gap between art, commerce, and inspiration. What is up, everyone? Today, we've got D Nice in the studio. I'm excited because nice he is a dj musician photographer and we get into all of that he started his career in the 90s as a rapper we get to hear his journey of being a rapper through the 90s and how his career evolved so d nice is his dj name his rapper name but his real name is derek and derek and i actually met out to dinner one night with our mutual friend usher and I was oogling his Leica that he was, had brought with him. And we got to talking, got to jamming, and I loved hearing his story. So I wanted to bring him on the show. And what's awesome about Derek is that he utilized his career as a DJ to gain access and picked up photography along the way. And he had the access to shoot so many amazing people behind the scenes because he DJs for all the big parties, for... Usher for Elisa Keys, Swiss Beats, many, many more big names that you have heard. And it's given access to shoot and do portraits of them. He's also a Leica ambassador, which is pretty awesome, especially for us photographers out there. And he's got quite the Leica collection. Derek also owned a creative agency along the way. And so we talk about how he developed the agency and, and the importance of branding and the importance of investing in your own career, which I'm all for. We also talk about the value of being a people person as an artist and how that helps build your empire and where you're headed because relationships are key. Also, don't forget to head over to shoptalkradio.com EP60. Check out the pics from the photo shoot that we did here in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, around my studio. So with that, give it up for the one, the only, Mr. D. Nice. What is up, everyone? Today we've got D. Nice in the studio. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Derek is a man of many talents. He's a DJ, photographer, creative, all around. Uh, amazing guy. Great stories. But let's just get into let's hear it from you like where where did you start with music and where where are you from i am um, i'm from the bronx originally uh, mm-hmm. bronx new york uh started in the music industry in 1986 wow. so way before you were born um yes i'm 45 so i've been around a very long time i started with uh another rapper named karis one and mm-hmm. dj scott larock in a group called BDP, Boogie Down Productions. Ah. And we released four gold albums, you know, Criminal Minded, By All Means Necessary, um, uh, Ghetto Music, um, and Edutainment. And uh, then uh, we uh, went solo. I Mm. put out two solo albums, Call Me D-Nice, and the second one, To The Rescue. So nearly uh, half a million copies on both of those. And and it was at a time when hip-hop was still in its infancy, so that was a... It was a great time for music, yeah. and um, you didn't have a lot of rappers also to be able to sell, you know, millions of records. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, was an amazing thing, um, and I was also the producer on on most of the albums that oh, we wow. put out. So, yeah. so been doing that for for a while, and then I I left the music industry 
started a creative services agency and um, kind of jumped in on the web game pretty early and was developing websites and doing online marketing for everyone from Reebok to Alicia Keys to yeah. Annie Lennox, you know, yeah. Leah, and that, her record company, Black Round. And, um, and then I fell in love with music again uh, because I started to be around more artists from 50. I was doing online marketing for, mm. for them and uh, for Violator. Yeah. And I uh, fell in love with music again. And I knew I, I didn't want to perform. So I thought that DJing would be the way. And, mm. you know, I didn't think that DJing would take off, not not just for me, but for everyone, you know. Yeah. Um, it's been in the last eight years. It's been amazing for DJs. Um, and I kind of got in there early and and uh, picked up a camera years ago and always had a camera with me and decided that this time around I would document my entire career properly. Mm. And so now I have this great thing going between DJing and music and it's been absolutely amazing. That's amazing. You have so much access to everything, but let's jump back a little bit. What, when you were doing music, how, what made you fall out of love with it? I started at such a young age, you know, our first album, we started working on it when I was 15. So to be 15 years old, travel the world um you know after a while it was started to burn burn all of us out you know mm. we were losing our friendships you know with each other you know yeah. because we were always on the road and always confined to one tour bus we didn't have multiple buses back then and, yeah you know it was a lot of that and uh then uh once i did my solo projects um i don't know the fans back then were kind of fickle if they were mm. with you and then you know the next minute you know they're not with you. Right. You know, and because I had started out such a young age, I only went to high school, you know, and I never went to college, you know, so it was what I needed to do was to be successful with what I was doing. Um, and it's what Mm -hmm. I loved, you know, uh, and, uh, and, uh, but it's been, it's been great though, man. Things happen for a reason because had that, had I not experienced, um, the downside of the music industry, I would not be where I am right now. You Mm -hmm. know, there are a lot of my friends that, that came in at the same time and they're pretty much doing the same thing. Wow. And, um, and here I am years later, you know, I'm doing multiple things because I was forced to be creative. I was forced to find a way to provide for myself. You know, I didn't have kids at the time and, uh, and, and it's been great, you know, so I, I, I respect that's actually the most important time of my life, which was, mm. um, it was 1992, 1993. Yeah. It was a very important time for me. You know, at the time I was 22 years old and I was considered uh, old school. So I had to figure it out. And man, I did, school. you know, old school at 22. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So what, how did that feel? Um, just internally when you're making this shift, this pivot? Um, it was difficult. I, you know, I can't lie. It was, there was a, major uh, portion of that time where I was still trying to figure it out, you mm-hmm. know, like uh, there was no income coming in and, yeah. you know, some family members looked out, but, um, but it was, it was just important cause I, I, I didn't know who I wanted to become. I knew who mm-hmm. I was at that time in the past, you know, with, with D nice, but the recording artist, yeah. but I, I knew that there was much more to me than that, you know, yeah. and it was just about forcing myself to, come to terms with it, um, mm-hmm. try to figure out what it is that I was passionate about. Yeah. And I realized that I wasn't passionate about music at that point. Yeah. What I was passionate about was producing and technology. Mm. And that's actually how I got into building websites. It yeah. was, you know, because I spent so much time at home 
living in AOL chat rooms, <laughs> you know, that I wanted to figure out how to build this stuff. Yeah. And the first thing I learned to do was to build, was to code bulletin boards because those were huge back then. Mm. And um, just create, it wasn't a successful bulletin board, but for me, it was more about understanding the language, understanding HTML and, yeah. you know, and, um, and I, you know, self-taught how to code and, and, um, and it was, it was great. It was, that's why I said it was such an important time in my life. Yeah. Yeah. How did you push through it mentally? Mentally it was rough because it was, um, uh, like, thank God I had family around, yeah. you know, I had, um, um, you know, I was in a, a relationship at that point with, um, soon to be mother of my child. We didn't have a kid then, but mm. we were in a relationship. She was very supportive, but we were all young, you know, like yeah. we were young trying to figure this out. And, um, what kept me going was one of the simplest things in the world, fishing, mm. You know, I would go out every other day and sit by the water and fish, wow. catch and release, sometimes bring it home. But for the yeah. most part, I was catching and releasing. And it was um, it was great because I, you know, I had a little pad with me. I had my radio. I would listen to talk radio. Yeah. I would write down my thoughts. I would mm -hmm. fish some sunshine and I was feeling good. And yeah. then I would, that was my way of escaping. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, you know, once I got back home, I, I realized, you know, I would always keep notes and come up with these ideas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that, that happened for about three or four years. But once um, the web development idea came that I stuck with it mm -hmm. and uh, I, I did very well with that. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So what did fishing teach you about life? It wasn't necessarily about fishing. Mm -hmm. um, it was more about patience. Yeah. Um, I was able to meet some incredible people that I probably would have never, and we had nothing in common other than fishing. And some of these guys shared some incredible stories. Uh, you know, one guy is a bus driver, you know, like, but we're still buddies to this yeah. day. I don't fish anymore, but we're still buddies, you know, yeah. and uh, some great lessons that, you know, was shared with, with some of these guys from back then, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it was just an important time just to be able to have just a little bit of peace yeah. You know, there's nothing more calming to me than water. Um, and that's why, you know, even to this day, every place that I've lived, I'm near water. Like I can't even function without being near water. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where were you living at the time? Oh, back then I was living in Queens. Okay. So I would go out to Long Island to fish mm. and go out to Sheepheads Bay. Um, yeah, it's a good time though. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. And you were, you went through, you did web design for how long after that? Man, from 1997 up until 2005. Wow. So, yes, um, my first client was Motown. I was a part of a smaller team of uh, of uh, web developers, a company called Trendsetters. Mm. And, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a partner, um, but I learned early on the importance of maintaining great relationships. And that's what was important mm. then. So even though I wasn't a partner, um, I, I, you know, a buddy who happened to be one of my old managers started this company with um, three guys out of, out of Canada. Mm. And, you know, they weren't having real traction. They were talented guys, but yeah. there was no real traction there for them. And um, I was, um, my guy, Tony asked me to come on board because I knew so many people mm -hmm. and, um, and they gave me a small salary. And at that time I wasn't making much money. So to even get $750 a month was cool. Like wow. to introduce them to people. And uh, after, 
I started to introduce them to the right people, yeah. you know, brought them on board to do the Aaliyah project mm. uh, when she was alive, her last album, brought the guys on board. And at that point, when I realized what the budgets were, I was like, wait a minute, you know, like I'm really, I started generating a lot of money for them. Mm-hmm. And um, I wanted a piece of the company. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it was a small piece, mm-hmm. you know, I really believe that you should be compensated accordingly, you know, and, uh, and, uh, the, you know, they gave me a very small piece of the company. Yeah. It was great. I felt good. Like, okay, I'm on my way. And I couldn't get along with the guys. Mm. So, uh, I got along with my buddy, but the guys that his partners, you know, really couldn't get along with them. So instead of me complaining, I sat back and I watched everyone program mm. and then I went out and bought books and downloaded source files and wow. kind of taught myself how to become a flash programmer and taught myself PHP. And then I left the business and I started my mm. own company. Uh, my company was called United Camps and the ultimate goal for United Camps was to build a business that would encompass all aspects of, of entertainment. Mm. So all aspects of entertainment. So it would, web development, whether it was music production, um, you know, video production. Like I really, I just believe I love entertainment. Yeah. Um, online marketing. That was always my goal. And, uh, my very first client was Motown. I went to Motown. Mm. I told them that I had an idea, um, to develop these flashcards and I'd seen them done on the pop side, but never really on urban and yeah. the hip hop side because, you know, a lot of the people were still running away from technology then. And this was roughly around 2000. Yeah. Um, and uh, Motown was generous enough to give me a budget, a small budget uh, for, for someone that's funny. She's actually on Love and Hip Hop. I don't watch the show, but yeah. her name is Rashida. She was signed to um, Motown at the time. And, uh, Man, they they gave me her project. I developed this flash evite for her flash, you know, and uh, to promote her project, her single, and they ended up giving me the entire account. Oh, wow. So I went from developing like a small flash, you know, you know, marketing tool to now I'm I started building all of the urban websites for them, mm. and it was there were great budgets, and then I felt like I was on my way, and then I picked up. Um, ended up picking up J records and I started doing a lot of projects for J records and RCA and Sony. And next thing you know, I was like the man they were going to, to build these sites, you know, and, um, Chris Lighty at the time when, uh, he was managing Buston 50, he brought me on board to, um, do online marketing to build the violator website. And that was a, that was a big move, you know, because he introduced me to Reebok Mm. And then Reebok became a client and I started doing all my marketing with them and I shot a Reebok camp and that's when the photography started to take off Uh, because they noticed that I was more than just um, a web developer. I wasn't even Mm -hmm. DJing at the time. Um, Chris had seen some of my photography and was like, dude, you're bugging. You need to, you need to shoot professionally. And, you know, he brought me on board and my first project was for Talib Kweli and then the second project, which was major for me, was to shoot this Reebok campaign for wow. 50. And man, I, I, I've i loved, I've, I feel like I've been a professional photographer ever since. You know, before yeah. I was an amateur photographer, you know, still just kind of taking pictures of my friends. But at that, that was the point when my life changed, when I, yeah. when I really fell in love with photography. And then I went to, um, went to school for it um, to the international center of photography to really learn composition Mm. and to 
you know, I felt like if I want to one day become a respected photographer, I need to respect the craft and respect the photographers that came before me that really understood the work absolutely went to school for it and went there for a little under a year. Mm -hmm. And then, um, that was it. And then came DJing. Yeah. (laughs) And DJing was the thing that took me over the top, you know, and I left the web business and solely focused on DJing. Yeah. That's a great journey. That's, it sounds like an amazing journey. Yes. I want to, I want to, and I'm going to get into, you know, where you're at with the DJ and stuff and the photography, but I just want to jump back to one thing you just said about, um, maintaining and mastering relationships because Mm -hmm. it's so key. And I think it's key in creative entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship in general. Just like, I mean, we all know that like, it's not, you know, what you know, it's who you know, right? It's, it's absolutely who you know. So, you know, from your perspective and when you realize this and somebody actually like hired you to introduce you to people and introduce them to people, what, um, what did you learn about maintaining relationships? Like what, what is like some advice that you would give people on relationships and building relationships? Well, the, the most important thing for me was, um, even before any of the businesses, uh, you know, I've always been a people person. Mm. I've always believed in, you know, uh, I'm, I'm an only child. So I've, I always wanted to make friends Yeah, because I had no siblings. So I wanted to make friends and I was always just good to my friends, you know, um, you know, even during my recording days, I would take my friends out on the road, you know, and you know what, mm. some of these friends are now executives, you know, um, you know, one friend in particular, well, Chris Lighty was um, a childhood friend, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, we used to hang out in the clubs together back when we were both like 15 and shouldn't have been in the clubs, but we yeah. were there. Another is, uh, is Puff, P. Diddy. Yeah. You know, I'd known Puff since we were like 19 and these were two people that were instrumental in mm. making all of this happen for me. You yeah. know, like it wasn't about, I'm not the best DJ. I don't have the, but the best technical skills when it comes to DJ and I'm not, you know, a turntablist. I'm a guy that understands music and understands how to play music and how to make mm. people feel good. Yeah. And I'm a, I'm a good guy, you know, I maintain these relationships. Yeah. So it makes people want, they, they root for you. They yeah. want to help you, you know, yeah. especially when you can deliver. Mm-hmm. So if you're a good guy, you're a good friend, you know, you all, I always followed up yeah. And I deliver, why not work with me? You know, so Absolutely. it's important to me to um, maintain these relationships. And even if we're not working together, you know, it's nothing like when you meet, you know, you meet some people and, and you know, just you, all you do, all you have to do is just nurture the relationship, nurture, nurture the friendship. Yeah. Don't look for anything from it. Yeah. One day something big could come from it. But if you, if you're not looking for it and just have great relationships and you build these friendships and, mm-hmm. You know, people want to do things with you. They want mm. you to be a part of their success and they want to share in yours, you know, mm. at least that's from my perspective. You know, it's yeah. I've been around some amazing people from guys who make $10,000 a year to billionaires. And yeah, and I treat them all the same, you yeah. know, and, you know, I know casino builders. I can yeah. go to their homes to eat. And my man who I mean, <laughs> huge hedge fund guys yeah. that walk around like you and I wearing a t-shirt and, you know, yeah. and not wearing everything on their sleeves. It's like, it's about the relationship, you know? Mm. And, uh, and, uh, one, one, one guy in particular, um, told me, I mean, he gave me the best piece of advice and he said to me, uh, he's huge, you know, huge, huge, uh, hedge fund guy. And he said to me, he's an Asian guy. And he said, uh, in Asian culture that if they can't break bread with you, they don't, they can't do business with you. Oh, interesting. And, uh, 
And he said he loves hanging around, hanging with me because I don't, I don't pitch all these ideas to people. Yeah. You know, if I meet you and we have a great friendship, I'm not looking to take advantage of who you are. Like if I, if I genuinely just mm-hmm. like you, I, I really do build a relationship and he was just explaining to me, like in Asian culture, that's what it is. It's like you you build these friendships, and and then one day you end up doing business together. Yeah. And that was an important conversation because I always made sure to remember mm. that and kind of share that with other people to not necessarily look to take advantage of people. You yeah. know, always look to just be a great person, and yeah. and things happen. You know, so it's worked well. I mean, it's taken me to. DJ for the president. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, so it's, 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 it's been great, man. That's amazing. Yeah. And you definitely have that, that charismatic likability. So I appreciate great. it. Thanks. Yeah. I mean, how do you think, um, how do you feel that building relationships has catalyzed your creativity? Man, um, you know, a lot of the friendships and relationships that I have, uh, these people have been amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, my friends, because they saw some things in me that I didn't recognize, you know, like I, I didn't want to become a photographer. I didn't want, I didn't seek out to even become a recording artist or a DJ yeah. or producer. It was other people that noticed these things. Mm. And, you know, I was a young kid in the streets of New York city back in 19, 1985 and was trying to be a drug dealer. Wasn't very good at it, but I remember <laughs> the guys that were, in the streets would say to me like, nah, shorty, like here, put this in your pocket. I got you. Like you should do music. Wow. That's where you should be. Like, and you know, because I would always walk around carrying a radio. Like I loved music. That's so and, cool. um, you know, and the same thing with photography, it was Chris Lighty that saw in me, like, dude, you should, you should do this, you mm. know? So my friends have been very instrumental in, every decision that I've made with my career, you know, and it's, um, and uh, a lot of times I I try to be great at it to not embarrass my friends, (laughs) you know, like if, if Puff, my first major DJ events were for Puff. Yeah. And when I first approached him, he, Puff used to do these huge summertime white parties. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I approached him and asked like, Hey, can I DJ one of your events? Hell no. Nah, I've never heard you spin before. You crazy. (laughs) And then one night he came to a party. I was DJing at a club in New York City called Lotus. Mm. And he was there and he was standing on the tables like, yo, it was crazy. And they're like, <laughs> he was hosting the VMAs in Miami. No way. He was like, you're doing all of my parties. So I ended up doing a deal with him and I did every one of his VMA parties. And that was important. That's when I learned uh, um, the importance of like n- not relying on the friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't even expect Puff to come, but once he was there, I knew enough about music to create this experience that was going to be so different than any other DJ that mm. he had played with, you know, like, yeah. you know, so I, I love to combine as a DJ from soul music to rock and roll house. Like I was playing open format before it even had like a, a real name for mm. it. It's just, it's just about the groove, you know, like the beats yeah. are that's what moves me. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who's singing. doesn't matter your race. It doesn't matter to me. It's about the groove. Does the groove feel right? Yeah. You know, so if I can be in a party and play Drake and mix it in with uh, Michael McDonald, like I'm going to do it. And yeah. people are going to sing along with it because of the way I'm playing it. You right. Know? And, uh, and that, I learned that 
with um by DJing for Puff back then, you know, that it wasn't just about playing hip hop. It was about creating an experience mm-hmm. where creating an environment that people are going to feel sexy. Yeah. You know, and I mean, if they decided to spend four hours with you, you owe it to them to be dedicated. Mm-hmm. So, and I I learned that back then, you know, and I learned that when I was producing, you know, used to sleep under the mix board or, you know, I mean, I mean, I'm serious. Like I, same discipline that I had, you know, with music was the same discipline that I was, you know, that I had when I was uh, building websites, you know, yeah. I sit in front of my computer for 18 hours. You know, I'm about, I like to deliver, I like to deliver things on time, Yeah, you know, and I want, because we all have talent, you know, you yeah. could DJ, you're a photographer, what's yeah. going to make someone hire me over you? It may, you may have better images, but I may have great relationships and people believe in me and, and yeah. I'm going to deliver. So a lot of times I went out just because of that. So mm. I always make sure that I respect the friendship, respect people's timing, mm-hmm. you know, and hopefully they'll do the same for me. Yeah. So you're building your brand everything like yes. so much depth in the brand relationships um different your photography djing and what else what, what do i <laughs> you got so many things <laughs> i mean that's pretty that's pretty much it right now that's that's all i'm i'm focusing on yeah um, yeah you know there's some other things that i'm about to do with a couple of book deals that you know i'll, I'll talk about it another time but the two book deals are very important to me you know and uh um, yeah. because it'll it's we all have these amazing lives and and it's just a way for me to inspire my my ultimate goal is not just to inspire younger kids mm. it's really to inspire a generation of hip hop that may have lost its way so you may have the people that are considered you know the elder statesmen of hip hop you mm. know from Melly Mel to Dana Dane to mm. Special Ed the guys that kind of laid the foundation that may not know that there are other ways to generate income mm-hmm. because there are not a lot of old school shows, but you know what, if you have this beautiful old school catalog of images, Hey, why not release book deals? Like, re- you know, release a book yeah. and tour with a book, just doing, you know, going on doing speaking engagements, you know, yeah. like there's so many ways to have other revenue streams. And a lot of guys don't realize that, you know, a yeah. lot of guys are still trying to make records and, it hasn't been proven that you could be 50, 55 years old and make a rap record, you know, I mean, it's yeah. such a younger audience. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many other ways to generate income and still do what it is that you love. So I'm yeah. trying to inspire that generation of hip hop to think outside of the box, you know, like I'm 45 years old, but when you hear my name, you're not thinking an old school party. You're thinking that's where I want to be, you yeah. know, so I could be 45 and work with Usher Miguel and yeah. I could, you know, and I can open up for TI mm-hmm. and, but then I could do the Janet Jackson party. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's, um, I, I, I really do believe that my job is to inspire that generation. Yeah. You know? How have you uh, created that relevance for yourself? Yeah. Or how, have how have you? Oh, created you said it? how, yeah. um, once again, it was based on, um, a conversation that I had with Chris Lighty, mm-hmm. you know, who I, I mentioned his name a lot. He was very important in my life. Uh, but with Chris, one day we were sitting down and, and, you know, I would, I would do DJ gigs, but then I would go and hang out with like a lot of old school friends. Mm. 
And, you know, the, the best piece of advice Chris gave me at the time was that, look, you know, you can't play in both worlds. Mm. It's either you're going to be 100% old school and be the absolute best old school DJ, or you're going to figure out how to be great with the new, the mu- new music mm. and then bring some old school, sprinkle it with old school and make yeah. it cool. But you, you have to know these records and you have to know this lifestyle mm. and, Man, it was important because back then I was still, you know, wearing baggy clothing. I was still hip hop, like I was yeah. still a b boy. And once I um, started to have the conversation with Chris and I paid attention to what was going on, and you know, a lot of being relevant now stems from fashion, mm-hmm. from your attitude. Yeah, you know, um, and photography has been great, you know, because I'll walk around and I. I take pictures and go back and go home and study the images. And, um, and it just changed everything for me, you know, and I, I never, I, I didn't treat a lot of the younger guys, you know, from the newer generation, like, um, like I, you know, they should respect me. Mm-hmm. I felt like I should earn their respect as well and yeah. they should earn mine. And because of that attitude, I was always at the right place at the right time with the right people. When they see me, they don't look at they half of these people have no idea I was even a rapper. They only know me as a DJ. Wow. And and as a photographer. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's great. You know, like it's it's great to have been relevant back then and to still be going right now, you know? Yeah. And uh it's it's a great feeling and you know, I'm trying to stay relevant. Yeah. Still trying to keep it going. That's why it's, the uh, photography has been very important. That's amazing. So with the photography, how have you, um, I mean, it's given you access to so many different things and yeah. you're creating like such a great body of work because especially with the access and you have access that nobody, nobody can get. The access has been important. You know, I have images from young Kendrick to Kanye to, you know, Naughty by Nature T.I. to Common to, you know, John Legend. Like, the access has been great. And he, great story to me is that um, I remember this was roughly around six or seven months ago. I, was, I had a gig in Atlanta, and um, John was there. And the next day he was performing in Niagara Falls on the wow. Canadian side. So everything to me is when when I finally release my book, I don't want a book of images that, all of the celeb images were captured or, you know, candid shots captured in New York city or just LA. I was like, no, I want this to be like all over the world. Like, yeah. so when John told me that he was going to, to Niagara, I was like, dude, I'm coming. He was like, you know, and his, his, um, uh, I'm sorry, John didn't tell me that his road manager told me mm. that they were going to, um, to, uh, Niagara and uh, his role manager, uh, Hassan. I like, yeah. to, I like to be accurate with what I'm saying. Um, and he was like, dude, if you come, we got your room. Just come up there. Yeah. As soon as I literally booked the flight to Buffalo, rented a car, drove to Niagara to the, on the Canadian side, went to the show. And, man, it was just amazing because mm. it wasn't – they didn't have a huge entourage. It was John, Hassan, and their band. And then afterwards – you know, I got these amazing pictures of John mm. just after after the concert was over. And to me, it's like to be able to have that type of access mm-hmm. and also not even just the access. Because of DJ and it, it provided me with 
you know, a way to even get there, to be able to have the money to, to buy certain cameras or yeah. to be able to fly, you know, on that, on, you know, on the drop of a dime to be able to jump up and just fly somewhere. You yeah. know, it's been all DJing. So that's why they, they work hand in hand. Like a lot of people hire me to DJ because they see that I'm all over the world mm. and I take these great images to kind of show people what's out there and it makes people interested in what I'm doing. And then the DJing is funding this photography dream of mine. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's been, it's been great, man. That's great. And it's funny that you say that. Cause I, the, my last podcast last, I think it was last week. I just did a little solo podcast on like on getting a capital job wow. and, and a job that, that pays for you to have time to create yes, and create other things. And like, what, did you ever have any, did you ever have any weird capital jobs that weren't in the arts? First of all, uh, no, um, no, actually I've, from the time I, you know, I started making music, I worked for myself and I've, I've never worked for anyone. Mm. You know? well, yeah, I guess. And then sec- yeah, I guess that's, that segues into what advice would you give to people that are like trying to create a career with, art and you know there's so many different avenues obviously there's acting there's there's djing there's photography there's you know design all that stuff you know not not everyone can take the same path you know my way of doing things may not work for someone else you know you know my my history is different Mm -hmm. um and because i grew up at a time where you know yes people spoke about education Mm -hmm. but when you're this young kid and you have, you're living in, in the ghetto. Mm-hmm. The only thing that you're thinking about is how to get out of the ghetto, how to be the best at whatever it is that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that was my motivation. So after high school, it was strictly about, I need to make money. I need to be able to provide for my family. I need to do this immediately. And it was because of that hunger that that's kind of what pushed me to be great. I, I, mm-hmm. I never, I wanted to be better than everyone else, yeah. you know, like I, 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 and you know, I didn't have a problem saying that, you yeah. know, I want to, and not in an arrogant way, but I just wanted to be great at everything that I was doing, yeah. you know? So to me, I would always tell um, young entrepreneurs to, you know, pick, you know, if, especially if you're in the arts, man, pick a career that you are absolutely in love with, you know, mm. like that you're going to be happy doing whether you make money or not. Yeah. You know, like I was happy with a camera in my hand when people didn't even pay attention to my images or I was happy playing music at home or mm. walking down the street with a box just playing music that yeah. made me happy. And that's I never feel like I'm working, you know, and even when things are rough, you know, we all go through ups and downs, but. I'm still happy to get up and get on a plane to play an amazing gig, you know, or to someone offers me an opportunity to shoot a campaign. Like I love what I'm doing, you know, and I, I know I'm building a serious business. I have a great brand that's respected, whether it's my personal brand or my, my business brand. Nice. Like, you know, we really do handle things properly, you know, and, uh, and I want to continue doing that, um, and continue showing some younger people the importance of it, you Mm -hmm. know, like, you know, my services aren't necessary, you know, it's a, it's not a requirement, you know, it's, you know, you have to want me, right. You know, in in order for me to do that, you know, there's so many other DJs, like I said earlier, better DJs, better photographers, but you know, I always make sure, you know, that I'm a hundred percent and always on time and on point with it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Uh, great advice. And now taking that, having a passion, how does somebody, 
I mean, figure out how to build a business around whatever it is they want to do. Because I think people get so stuck in, I love this, but how do I make money? And then people are, you know, then there's other, the other side of like, Oh, I just want to be an artist. And then like, they don't want to do commercial gigs or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, with, with what I'm doing, I, I figured it out early on. Uh, it wasn't enough for me to just be an artist, you know, um, because ultimately I'm my, my main goal is to leave behind a legacy mm-hmm. and not just for my kids, but just a legacy period. I want people to know that this was, this is my creative work. This is mm-hmm. what I believed in. This is what I'm offering you. And, uh, you, you know, so from being a recording artist and writing songs, I wanted to also learn the creative process. I, I felt like it would, it would be much more empowering to learn how this stuff is done mm-hmm. as opposed to just being an artist, you yeah. know? So I, I, you know, learn how to A&R, I learn how to engineer, I learn all of these things to empower myself. And I just felt like it would create more, yeah. more value. So if one thing didn't work, I could always fall back on something that was mm. still in that same, you know, area that I love. It was still in, in music and still being creative. And the yeah. same thing with photography, you know, with photography, it has been so, it's been interesting for me, you know, because I probably spent more money on cameras than mm-hmm. I actually made as a photographer. But in the long run, I know I'll be remembered as a photographer more than anything, mm. you know, and, and I made that investment in, into the types of cameras that I love and into shooting certain images, you know, traveling with other artists from Puff to toured Europe with Puff or yeah. Kid Rock, you know, to mm-hmm. being on the road with South Africa with Mary J. Blige. And I always made sure that I selected DJ gigs that would give me that type of access. And even if it was, mm-hmm. they were offering me less money than I would make somewhere else, I knew that it would get me closer to having the types of images that I want to be remembered for. Mm-hmm. You know, so I've always made the investment back into my career. Mm-hmm. And I would always tell tell people, don't be afraid to invest in yourself. You know, in a lot of, I mean, even today's, you know, youth, man, you, you have so many more opportunities mm-hmm. to, to, to be great than we did, yeah. you know, in terms of technology. I mean, yeah, you, you go out and start a t-shirt line. Well, back then in order to get noticed, we had to do hand to hand or yeah. when I started a record company and I invested, you know, a quarter of a million dollars, it was actually my entire savings into starting my own record company. Yeah. But I didn't know much about the business side of it mm. that, yeah, you have to now ship this to brick and mortar and to get these records sold. Now a kid can sit in front of his iPad or his, you know, his, his MacBook, create a song and do a deal with iTunes, have it online, yeah. promote it on Twitter, never have to leave your house. <laughs> so if you can't figure out how to be successful right now in, in, in the arts, then it's, it's crazy you yeah. know, because it's, I mean, you have Instagram and Vine stars that are making a fortune right now. Oh, it's insane. You know, so if you can't figure out how to brand yourself online, then I don't know if you you should even be in this business because it's, it's just it's so much easier now. Yeah, You absolutely. know, it's so much easier to, to build an audience. You know, I'm, I've been talking to some of my friends about the importance of, of Facebook and, mm-hmm. you know, of, of Facebook fan pages, really, you know, yeah. um, and Facebook marketing, um, you know, I'm learning much more about it um, just for some other things that I want to get involved in. But yeah, it's, 
Yeah. Yeah. What have you learned about it? Because I was just in a discussion with this the other day. Man, I mean, well, I'll share off. The, once we, as I learn more, I'll yeah. share with you. There's sure. a buddy of mine. Um, he started a, a company. Um, it's a faith-based uh, clothing company. Mm. And, um, and you know, like I told you earlier, I'm, I'm getting more into fashion with um, this T-shirt line. And, you know, I was asking him questions. And, um, man, this guy went from doing uh, roughly around $20,000 a year in, in billing to where the last six months he crossed over, over seven figures. And it wow. all started when someone told him he needed to build up his Facebook page and build up his Facebook audience hmm. um, for his brand. And he started to do that and it really paid off, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and, and so I'm, I'm really trying to learn. I met someone who actually does uh, Facebook marketing for other oh, artists, cool. you know, Sean, Sean Kingston and all these guys. So, and um, he's been giving me more tutorials on, on how to build that audience and yeah. how to, how to utilize it properly. So Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, it's so important these days and especially taking that to a branding level. Branding is so important because you have to stand out and all the noise yes. and all the digital noise. Um, what does your brand represent? Like in, especially now, I mean, you were now it's DJ photographer and then which it sounds like it evolved and, and how are you getting that out there? Um, I definitely brand myself online, um, with, um, you know, through Twitter, Instagram, like I use any, any form of technology, you know, I mean, Snapchat, Periscope, you name it, I'm on it. (laughs) And I've been like an early adopter to like, you know, to all of this technology. Like I I really love it. You know, I'm obsessed with it, Yeah, you know, and, uh, but I've always been that way as a kid, you know, so my brand is, is, uh, it's all about creativity. It's all about lifestyle, Mm -hmm. um, that's really what it is for me. That's what I know that I represent, you know, um, lifestyle, whether it's music or photography, art, you know, like, um, and moving into fashion and, and, uh, it's, it's always been that way for me. You know, I've been a huge blogger, you know, early on I was blogging, you know, I mean, I have my old blogs are still on my current website. (laughs) I was just saying the other day, I need to go back and start blogging. So I've been blogging, man, since around 2000, yeah. You know, and just, I've always loved it. You know, I love ta- sharing stories, talking music, mm. you know, pointing people in the right direction, with, whether it's to buy a camera or a car, I don't care. Like, I love just lifestyle. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so that's what, to me, that's what I represent. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I'm in the same boat. I, I love the, my, and for me, I started as a photographer and or I started as a graphic designer, then I moved to photography and now like I'm starting to branch out and in similar ways as you doing different, you know, mixed medium art and like hand drawn type and, and I'm working on a lifestyle brand as well. And it's a different it's it's kinda cool to be able to use like start with one I guess craft or career and use let that catalyze everything else. Absolutely. Um, just like you've done with the DJ. Yes. That's great, so man. cool. Yeah. So cool, man. So what, what kind of projects are you working on now with, with the DJ and DJ and I'm, uh, man, I'm headed to, uh, well, I guess by the time you upload this podcast, these, some of these events will already have happened. Yeah. So <laughs> 4th of July weekend, you know, just doing, um, headline at Harris casino. Um, I have deals in Vegas at Hakkasan and, um, yeah. and, uh, Omnia, mm-hmm. a deal, a residency deal in Atlantic city, um, at the Borgata, you know, I'm I'm on the road with Dave Chappelle 
with actually one of the, one of the coolest gigs that I I've ever had. Like it's um it's called Dave Chappelle's uh, Juke Joint, mm. and you know we the first one happened um, in his hometown of uh, Yellow Springs, Ohio, in a barn, and it was a real deal barn, not a barn oh, wow. that. It was a barn where they had live animal. It was livestock inside of this barn two days before we got there and turned this into like this juke joint. Yeah. And two stages. So that's what we're doing now. So we'll have one DJ stage and then across directly across from me is a live band Mm -hmm. and it's a Stevie Wonder's band and it's crazy. Like we battle each other. No way. We, we go back and forth. Like I'll, Dave will introduce me. I'll get out and I'll perform like a great, crazy one hour set. And then the band will get on and they'll perform like maybe like a 45 minute set. And yeah. then we go back and forth song for song. So whatever oh, wow. it is that I drop, the band has to immediately recreate it. Wow. And they have no idea what I'm playing, but they have to recreate it and they'll start playing on top of it. And then I'll scratch and fade it out. And then if we're playing Parliament Funkadelic, you know, I'll throw that on and then the band comes down and they'll recreate it and fade it out. Or if it's Tupac, California love, like, I mean, this is what we've been doing and it's, it's amazing. So we're headed to London next week Mm. um, to do that. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. That sounds amazing. So we have two shows out there and, and, you know, we're we're doing this across the country, you know, slowly and it's great. And the Dave Chappelle juke joint. That's awesome. And, you know, just traveling, man. I'm everywhere DJing. Yeah. It's what I love. That's amazing. What's your vision for where you want to go with, with you and your brand photography? So the ultimate goal for me is, um, is to continue building this agency. My company is called brand nice and Mm. it's, it's, it's starting to become more of an experiential agency. So I'm moving in that direction where, mm-hmm. you know, I work with so many brands and, uh, you know, and I've been working with Hennessy endorsement deals with Hennessy with Leica. And now I'm starting to, um, pull artists and place them with other brands, mm. you know, and starting to produce, um, events. So with this, you know, experiential agency, it's like, that's extremely important for me yeah. because it, I don't know how much longer I can DJ or how much I want to, you know? Um, But it's like still being able to, to um, be involved in, in in a, you know, in, in an area that I love, whether it's music and producing these events, Mm -hmm. um, that's important to do whether I'm DJing or not. Yeah. And uh, so that's, you know, my company has been around for this. We're going into into our, um, into year number six and, um, and it's still a small boutique company. It's, you know, it's only like four of us yeah. there, but it's still, it's growing and it's, you know, I have the right clients and I have, I mean, I have the right Rolodex at, you know, yeah, so absolutely. I can pretty much get anyone on the phone. And, and, um, so that's the, that's the ultimate goal is to, to, I that's see myself great. doing that for the, like the next 20 years or 15 or 20 years. That's dope. And then having my books on the side, you know. So much, so much fun. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah. I love it. It sounds like, it sounds like legacy and, and making an impact is, is really important to you. Absolutely. And uh, what, what legacy um, and impact do you want to have overall? And overall, I just want people to, um, just to feel like you can do anything, you know, like the, the one, um, what I love, uh, I mean, I have a daughter, she's in college and I love that it's teaching her discipline. Yeah. Um, my discipline came from the streets, you know, and, yeah. you know, but at the, at the, you know, at the end of the day, 
it's still the same. It's still about discipline. It's still about being focused um, and being dreamers. Like I love this new generation of, of, I don't want to call them kids, but just like the the younger people that are coming up, the young yeah. entrepreneurs that are fearless in their ways of, of, you know, in their way of thinking, you know, when it yeah. comes to starting businesses, like I love it. I'm inspired. I'm yeah. more so I'm more inspired by the younger generation than I was with my own generation mm. because these kids are, you know, they're just building these things from nothing, you know, mm-hmm. from just from pure passion, Yeah, you know, and instead of being a photographer, you know what? I'm a photographer, but I'm going to start a magazine, Yeah, you know, and I'll use my images, you know, like, and, and the way they think now is like, yeah. it forces me to still be that way as well, you know? So I love this generation. I believe in them. You know, I love what they're, they're accomplishing. I yeah. love what the guys are doing with music. Like, yeah. You know, we don't need a record company. Let's go make records, send it to the right people, put it online. People are downloaded. You're making more money off shows. Like, yeah. And I, I love the way they're doing this, you yeah. know, and, and even with fashion. I mean, look at Odd Future and these guys out in California mm-hmm. who really took advantage of their brand. It's not just about making records. It's, it's fashion. That's what that's what hip-hop was. Yeah. You know, hip-hop encompassed fashion, you know, um, graffiti so yeah. it was like art involved and music and yeah. dancing it was everything you know mm-hmm. so i why not build these build a brand that way you don't you don't have to stick to any one thing you know yeah. and uh and I, I love the way like i said man some of these kids are thinking these days man yeah it's kind of like the wild 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 west now you can create whatever you want especially Absolutely. with the digital world and you will find an audience yeah there's an audience out there yeah you, you know? can create your own audience almost. you can create your own audience it's awesome yeah, yes. it's, it's very awesome. What's your plans for for implementing that impact and that legacy? Lead by example. Mm. That is my plan, is to just get out and do it mm. and meet the right people, have great conversations with people like yourself, you yeah. know, and and to, um, I really believe that when you share great stories that you've actually lived through, that you can inspire people yeah. to want to be greater, you know? So hopefully, you know, someone that's listening to to your podcast will be affected by this great conversation, you know, and that's really my way of doing it. You know, like I'm not trying to force anyone. This is about just sharing my stories. And, you know, when you know my background and you know where I'm from, you know, you know about the adversity, like, you know, you know, you can do it. Yeah. You know, so yeah, no, I just really believe that that's the way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of stories, if you were to look back at your, or give yourself three pieces of advice for you in your twenties, what would they be? Oh man. And maybe a story to go around. I should have saved more money. Mm. I shouldn't have invested my entire, uh, you know, savings into a record company. (laughs) (laughs) You know, a lot of things, as you could tell, revolve around the money that I was spending back then. Um, yeah. And, um, and to, I should have respected the negatives. Mm. Explain that. Because I shot a lot of pictures back in the day from our tours with Ice Cube, with all these guys. But because I didn't go to school for photography, I didn't understand that the power, the real, the real value, not the power, but the real value was in the negative. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't keep any of the negatives. Yeah. I kept the prints. 
Mm. Prince are gone. Prince fade. Wow. Prince, you know, people lift them and leave. (laughs) I did foolish things with images where I would cut the images and create a collage. And (laughs) and I'm like, looking back, I had absolutely no respect for my craft. Mm. And, And that's why it's so important to me to really learn about whatever it is that you're doing, like whatever, yeah. and to respect it. Yeah. And like now, I mean, my archive is, is uh, I mean, you know, of, of course I shoot mainly like probably 85% digital these days, but trust me, it's not on one uh, hard drive and they're not just in one apartment. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't believe in that. It's just like, I'll put some, in, you know, safety deposit box. Like I'm really trying to protect this archive, you know, yeah. at, at all costs, you know. And so I would tell young me to respect the negative, you know. That's yeah. great. I wish I could go back and get some of those images. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, no, that's, that's great, great advice. And another question I want to ask you is, is what mindsets do you think have carried you through the years? Oh man. I don't, I honestly, I don't think there is any one in particular, you know, like, um, you know, my, my ability to, my ability to stay focused has been so important, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, to like, I'm the guy who, you know, you can't just tell me how to do something. I have to read it myself. Yeah. You know, like I have to go out and buy the book, pick it up, read it and apply it and do it myself, you know, like, and that's just the way I am. That's, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I really, I'm a hands-on guy. I love it. Like yeah. I want to be able to do, and and this is probably what keeps me going. I feel the need to learn everyone's job. Mm. If we're working together on something, I need to know everyone's job. Like I feel like I'll be able to better explain or articulate my thoughts to you if I knew how to do what you were doing. Mm. And that is so empowering. Yeah. <laughs> you absolutely. know what I mean? Like it's like it, that keeps me going, you know, um, you know, and once again, like it may not work for everyone, but that is what, that's what kept me going throughout the years is that yeah. I really wanted to learn everything. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's probably helped you build relationships as well. Absolutely. That's yeah. amazing. So cool. That's great. So last question, what I, I love to ask every, all my guests is what does live inspiration mean to you? Live inspiration? Yeah. Um, what do you mean by that? Um, you know, what is it to, to live inspiration as an artist and to inspire other people to inspire other people. So what does it mean to me? It's, I mean, for one, it, I mean, it helps, you know, give life, you know, to people in their dreams, you know, like I, I really do live to inspire, mm. um, you, you know, with everything that I do, um, yeah. is to, you know, I, I mentioned that earlier, you know, my life wouldn't be the same if, if I kept all of the information to myself, yeah, you know, like that's not, you know, like knowing it and not passing it on, um, I wouldn't feel alive, man. And that's, you know, being able to do that is, is, is such a blessing for one. Yeah. It's yeah. a blessing to even be able to share information with someone or to, yeah. to have someone respect who you are enough to ask you a question mm-hmm. and to be able to, to pass that that blessing on to someone is an even greater blessing, you know? So I feel so fortunate to do that. And it is, um, is definitely what my life is about. I mean, that's yeah. what my photography is about. My photography is not about shooting 
every celeb that I'm around. Mm -hmm. My photography is about showing life, you know, like whether mm -hmm. I have access to an usher or, you know, or whomever, you know, like to be able to show these people the way I see them, mm -hmm. like real life, no posing, like just to show people and so they can be inspired to get out and see the world, you know, yeah. like it's so beautiful out there, yeah. you know, and uh, I didn't know about it, you know, until I was out there myself. So I documented to try to inspire people to get out there and see it. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, absolutely. For me. Well, I acknowledge you for doing that and for being that and you're leading by example and creating, creating your life and doing what you love and, and making an impact on people. Thanks. Yeah, man. So, uh, how can people follow you on the internet? On the internet? Um, of course, Twitter, um, and, uh, at DJ D nice, same thing with Instagram at DJ D nice, same thing with Periscope at DJ D nice and, uh, Facebook, um, it's facebook.com slash call me D nice. Awesome. And, um, or you can just go to my website, dnice.com. Amazing. We, yeah. sh we should have periscoped this. I know, right? I don't know why. <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah, another another piece of technology. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. That's well, great. Uh, Derek, I just really appreciate you taking the time and, and for sharing your knowledge. Uh, this is great, man. Looks forward to seeing you again. Yeah. Absolutely. Take All care. Right. <laughs>Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Shop Talk Radio with D Nice. I'm your host, Nick Onkin. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd love it if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a good review because that helps us spread the word and get this podcast out to more people and inspire them as well. We'd also love it if you could share the episode over on Facebook or Twitter. And the episode link is shoptalkradio.com slash EP60. Check out the photos over there and you can share that page as well as share the iTunes link. So with that, it's time to go out and create something great. So we will see you next time. Next time.